welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Hey, superstars. Welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. If you are watching this with your eyes, I have no idea why it looks like my camera is smeared in custard. If you're listening to it, don't worry about it. Everything is fine. Today I am joined by Gina Devani. Gina is a psychedelic assisted guide. I'm not, I'm not sure if how the word therapist is being officially defined in this context. So I'm going to work with psychedelic assisted guide. And I had Gina on the show to talk about 
her path, her job, what it's like to work with people one-on-one with psychedelics, some of the pitfalls, the larger cultural landscape, all the juicy things. Before we dive in, I'm reminding you to click that subscribe button and thanking you for doing that. I'm also reminding and thanking you to like, to share, to comment. Your comments go a long way in convincing the algorithm to give me more exposure. I don't know, more more algorithm points. I don't I don't really know how that game works. I just know that when you like and comment, it helps me. I'm also recommending that you sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com. I've heard whispered uh, occurrences of people being unsubscribed from me or my content being suppressed. So the best way that you can stay abreast of my every next offering is to sub- subscribe to my newsletter. As always, this episode is divided in two. The first half is free on all the podcast platforms as well as on locals and YouTube. The second half is available for paid supporters on both my locals and Patreon platform communities. Platforms, communities, let's just combine them. So those are dannycats.locals.com, patreon.com slash dannycats, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half content, you get bonus content, you get advanced notice and discounts on webinars, workshops, new books, new offerings, chances to drop in with me and the tribe, chances to drop in with me one-on-one. It's really a delightful situation that you totally want to get in on. Links are also included in the show notes below. That does it for housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy my rollicking conversation with Gina Devani. All right, well, we can just jump right in. Gina, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's so nice to talk to someone in the same geography as I am. Like, we have the same light, we have the same weather. Uh, it's rare that I talk to other people in Santa Fe. So I'm glad to be here with you, a fellow local. Yay. Yay. Yeah, and I'm celebrating this warm weather. So. So nice. Yeah. So Gina, I know you do a bunch of things and what inspired me most to have you on is your work with psychedelics. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm curious to know like how you work with psychedelics and how you got into working with psychedelics. Sure. It's uh, I'm trying to think where to start, where to start. Um, how I work with psychedelics is in the therapeutic capacity. So I facilitate full day sessions and also integration and preparation sessions with people and retreats and for small groups uh, and also for couples. So uh, that is sort of in a nutshell, the work that I'm doing. And then um, how I got into it is kind of funny because I wasn't one of those people who worked with psychedelics in my younger years, like maybe here or there in a social capacity, but it just wasn't really my thing and um, never really spoke to me, honestly. And then I later in life, I had a concussion and I was having a hard time 
healing from the concussive syndrome, post-concussive syndrome and um, symptoms just lingered on for like a year and a half. And I just had this intuition one day that LSD would be the answer. Slow down. Like, where did that come from? Had you heard of other people dealing with post-concussive injuries working with LSD? Nope. It came out of nowhere. I don't know. Had you had a relationship with LSD at that point? Zero. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So previously I had taken really not big doses of mushrooms a couple times and definitely no LSD. So yeah so i don't know where it came from it was like a little message like entered one ear and was like look into this so i started researching it and this was several years ago so at the time there wasn't any information there was no data yet Um, now all the data is coming out about head injuries and um and how helpful psychedelics can be so um so anyway i talked to a couple friends who were more knowledgeable and i found a guide to work with because i was not going in there by myself and uh and i did and all the symptoms were gone that day so okay wait so did you like did you take more than an average dose of lsd and what did the guide do with you during that journey for the most part, she just played music uh, and sat with me. She did a couple of guided meditations, uh, but I was in so deep that I was like, I'm doing my work in here and I don't really need that right now. So I just kind of was on my own program. But um, yeah, so she, I mean, really what she did for me was she made it safe for me to go in there and do all that. And that is the bottom line of why to work with a guide in the first place is because our nervous system and our parts, uh, our psychology doesn't feel safe when we're vulnerable and not able to be alert, right? There's some sort of primal mechanism that gets activated. So we can't totally fully relax and go all the way into the experience like we can if someone that we trust, number one, uh, is holding space for us in a way that is skilled and um, yeah, just really trustworthy and um, and knowledgeable. So it's funny about, I say like skilled and knowledgeable because they're almost subtle things. You don't necessarily know what the guide is doing that is helpful, but it's more what they're not doing often. Mm-hmm. So, um, because a lot of people can be really disruptive. Uh, it, I had one guide who sat for me one time, was a complete disaster because she didn't stop talking and she didn't stop touching me (laughs) and um uh like a lovely human who i enjoy however i would never recommend that person to anyone and i would never sit with that person again because it was absurd I, I, you know, you need to be able to feel safe and secure inside of your psyche in order to do the work that you came there to do. 
So, yeah. And so during that LSD trip, was the LSD like showing you your brain injury? Was it, you know, was it obvious what was happening in terms of the healing? Didn't even talk about it. Like the subject never even came up in the context of my journey. Um, So, uh, so it wasn't like I went directly to the problem was like, hey, let's solve this problem, right? It was more that LSD opens up every part of your brain and so that there's communication happening between areas of the brain that would never normally talk to each other. And so it builds all these new pathways and that was what I needed. I needed my pathways back like because I was starting to have memory loss and just not able to sort of put two and two together in life, so to speak. Um, really a lot of disruptive thought patterns and um, and depression was seeping in and all things that are really normal for somebody with a traumatic brain injury. So um, the LSD just, I think this is what happened because we can't, we couldn't open up my brain and look at it and see what was happening at the time. There was no fMRI that was, um, working on me. So I, um, and that for anybody who doesn't know functional MRI machine. So, um, I just trust that that's what was happening because it seems like that was happening. Um, definitely I felt like, and even still today when I work with LSD, I notice like every part of my brain is online and awake and activated. And it's really a way to expand one's own capacity. So um, an LSD is a different drug than, than mushrooms by far in terms of like what it can do for people, um, what definitely what it does for me and what I notice happens with other individuals and in my conversations with others too. So LSD is more of this like expansion, um, uh, going into pure consciousness, um, really even in like, so, and when I talk about doing psychedelics in a therapeutic capacity, um, I am also talking about doing it like with eye mask on, eyes closed, you're in there deep, not an eyes open experience out in nature. This is a contained experience. Um, LSD behaves completely differently uh, if you have eyes open and you're out in the world completely. So, um, so, so any reference that I make to uh, the work with psychedelics is going to be in this kind of capacity where eyes are closed. Usually there's an eye mask, not always, but definitely eyes are closed and for the better part of the session. And um, usually music is on, sometimes music's not supportive, but usually it is. Mm-hmm. And what medicines are you working with and how are you determining what medicine is appropriate for each person or each situation? Yeah, everybody's different. Um, I definitely have a whole intake that I have people walk through that's very detailed, talks about that what's going on in their life, what's gone on in their like history of their life. Um, 
and uh, what kind of experience they have with any kind of psychedelic medicines in the past and um, what were the dosages if they know them a lot of times people are like I don't know I just took a handful of mushrooms I have no idea or yeah somebody just gave me an LSD tab and I don't know how many micrograms that was so I hear that one a lot um so so we just talk a lot and use intuition as well as to like where to start with somebody so I work with mushrooms I work with LSD I work with MDMA um and um those three things are not given together. Uh, MDMA could be given with mushrooms. It could be given with LSD and the usefulness, and it could also be given by itself. Um, so for people with more PTSD or anxiety, MDMA is a wonderful medicine because it basically shuts off the amygdala or the fear center of the brain. And so that you don't have fear coming up. Uh, in an experience, because there can be anxiety with with both of the other options. Um, so MDMA could happen by itself, or it could be paired with mushrooms, it could be paired with LSD, um, and it's always given beforehand. So uh, those are sort of the equations, and it's a different dosing for everybody based on their history, and um, their what really what is the right dose for them but um with most people i don't start in high dosing um occasionally it's right for some people <laughs> <laughs> i'm honored to be one of those exceptions <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean i and i realize it's different for most you know for everyone individually but you mentioned mdma is really good for trauma like are there kind of like basic situations that you generally rely on psilocybin or that you generally will recommend LSD? Like what are kind of the basic parameters? I will recommend LSD for somebody who is really not looking to do deep um, like soul retrieval work. Uh, someone who's more looking to have a spiritual experience that wants to know what it feels like to swim in the sea of pure consciousness. Uh, that is the right direction to go for someone who, yeah, is maybe doing other, I have another client who I am working with who is like, I'm doing all this other stuff to look at the shadow and all this, and I just kind of don't want to mess with that. But um, but I really want to have this spiritual experience uh, because I don't get those in my meditation. Some people do, and you know, it's, I don't know if it's 50-50 or what, but um, a lot of people don't have that experience because they're for whatever reason they're too grounded or it's just not sort of how their psyche rolls um and so this person is one of those where it's like i want to have that experience and uh, but i don't want to mess with like all this other stuff that i'm doing so i don't want to do mushrooms because mushrooms are really better for somebody who is working to unearth things inside of them that they otherwise cannot find or see or understand in a way that they can uh, when they go into the mind expansion with mushrooms. Mm -hmm. 
it, just, it works really differently. Um, and there can be more anxiety with uh, mushrooms than what I any any of these other ones that I'm mentioning today. So, um, so that's another reason to pair MDMA with the mushrooms in particular. Oh, that's interesting. So the MDMA cuts the anxiety. Yeah, because you go in with the fear part of your brain off. Mm-hmm. That's off, and then um, period of time into the journey then you take the mushrooms, Mm -hmm. the LSD. So, um, yeah, that's, that is kind of a common, a common approach for a lot of guides. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people will only strictly work with MDMA or some people will only strictly work with mushrooms. Um, And those are good options as well. So, um, and to mix things like this, absolutely. I would only suggest doing that with a skilled guide, Mm -hmm. someone who is holding you in the experience and someone who can advise you about what is the right. And I won't, I won't talk about dosages here because it's, it's just too, um, it's too risky to put that information out there and someone grabs it in the wrong way. So, so it's, I notice like, as I'm even saying these things, I'm like, well, let's see, actually, how is this to say this out loud, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so I, I'll put out there uh, a disclaimer of, I do not recommend doing this by yourself. I do not never. So um, if you are a guide and you know what you're doing, okay but if you're not no um so so it's really important to be safe with these things and to uh, you know i don't mean to be cavalier more mean to be informational so um so hopefully it's coming across that way it is and and you know worry not my audience is a, a very self-responsible tribe of people who generally have a lot of experience with psychedelics so you know, this is just informational. We're not making any recommendations. So I know in my experience, like when I'm working with say psilocybin, like I'm connecting with the spirit of the mushroom and I'm in, you know, deep prayer communion with that. How does that translate with something like LSD or MDMA that's made in a lab that's a, a synthetic? Like, is there a spirit there that is an overarching intelligence? Well, there, I would agree that there definitely is with mushrooms and you can commune with them. In my experience, it's like a mother energy uh, that may not be what other people experience, but it's, it's what, it's what comes through for me. Um, and, uh, and with LSD, let's see, is there a spirit intelligence. I can't say that I've ever had that experience that the the medicine itself is a spirit intelligence. I'm not saying that that's not true. Um, just because something was made in the lab, I don't believe that means it's not possible. So, uh, but what I do notice is that it opens one up so that you have a direct line to spirit in general, right? So, um, it takes any middle, middle, uh, 
being out of the way and then you just go direct. So um, MDMA, mm, I uh, just, if you're working with MDMA by itself, I don't, I can't say this necessarily a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. It can be for some people um, and might be in more in the way that I described the LSD. Yeah. Yeah. That. Just like removing the barriers that keep us from certain parts of ourselves or merging with others. Mm -hmm. How did you move from, okay, so you had your LSD experience. You had, was it like a, when you came down, did you know your brain was healed or was it over the next few days that you saw symptoms disappear? Yeah, it was definitely over the next few days and then weeks and then just kind of, is it going to come back, you know, and nothing ever came back. So um, I felt felt super clear immediately afterward. Um, and that was that clarity, that kind of clarity really stayed with me for months. Mm. I meditate. I, on, I always advise people to meditate on their experience and conjuring up as much of the detail and sensations as they can from the experience um, to work with it um, in the meditation for, gosh, I mean, like as many months as possible as a daily meditation. How long can you hold on to any memory of that? Uh, because it does help to solidify the pathways in the brain. Mm. Uh, end up in the experience. Yeah. And so how did you move from having that healing experience with LSD to then being a practitioner of psychedelic therapy? Yeah. So initially, um, and I had done a lot of like coaching training, uh, life coach, health coach, all this kind of stuff um, a decade before. And I actually wasn't actively doing that work, mostly because I realized that I needed to kind of go back inside and do more work on myself. And so I had spent many years um, just delving into my own stuff because I didn't really feel like I could put my hand out to help somebody else after I got um, deeper into it. I'm like, you know, I don't think I'm helping. I, <laughs> you know, so, so I pulled back and I didn't even have any intention of ever doing healing work again, but this definitely planted a seed for something. And I looked at my guide and I thought, wow, it's really intimidating to think about like how much journeying she has done, um, to get to the place of being able to help someone else. Mm -hmm. And so initially that was like, yeah, this is really inspiring. And I can see how profound this work is. And I guess I'll leave it to the experts. You know, uh, I was just too intimidated in that moment. And so then I just kept doing my life. Um, I did more journeys um, with guides and uh, one with a friend who was able to sit for me and something just opened up where I was like clear. I'm like, I, I, I need to be doing this work. It's 
it's too useful it's too profoundly helpful it's too transformational um and i have always been called into uh supporting others in trans transformation so so it was sort of like okay i guess i have to do that you know um and i sought out training a lot of different kinds of training um definitely uh training that was specific to uh, being a psychedelic guide, um, Hakomi, which is a somatic psychotherapy technique, internal family systems, uh, which again, back into psychology. And um, I just kept going. Um, I also had to do, as one of my mentors says, a lot of time on the mat. So it was true, you know, what that kind of assumption that I made with my first guide, like, oh, oh, uh, she must have taken a lot of psychedelics, you know, to get here. And so that is true. Um, I think that's one of the most important things, although it's not a standalone, I wouldn't necessarily just trust someone who's had a lot of experience with psychedelics. Um, because I've also known people who are doing that, who sort of fancy themselves as a guide or facilitator because they've had so much, and I can understand like how someone would believe they were equipped. Um, but it was really, really good for me to be in the guide training and in the psychotherapy trainings because I deepened my understanding of what's going on in the psyche. I deepened my understanding of the things that can go wrong um, in this work. I deepened my understanding of the kind of people for whom this is not the right thing. Um, and so I have a lot more breadth and depth to my awareness in order to be in integrity doing this work. Mm -hmm. which is super important to me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, who is this work not right for? And what are some of the things that go wrong? Yeah. Um, anybody with a history of psychosis, for sure. Um, uh, it's they're doing research about bipolar but at this point i don't think they have enough information i would not suggest it for anybody with bipolar mm -hmm. um, how do you um, define bipolar you have to go um, to the dsm and look at that because i'm not a person who can specifically define that okay um yeah i, I don't even know if it's in the dsm obviously. so <laughs> it's more personality types maybe but um I, um, or schizophrenia wouldn't, although it's really interesting because you get into this with, um, or you can with mushrooms in particular, you can kind of get into this deep understanding of all the parts that are living inside of us, um, which we all have. And even just hearing about it, it starts to sound a little bit like um, dissociative identity disorder, but it's different. Um, the people with um, DID have a lot more uh, strong holds, uh, protectors, uh, protecting the, like the original one, 
um, and also in non-trusting. And so I don't want to get too much into that detail because it's not my expertise. So um, um, I'll kind of like leave it there. Um, and, and the other thing I always say to people is do your own research. Don't trust anybody. Like, don't trust me. Don't trust anybody to tell you uh, whether psychedelics is right for you or not. I actually never recommend it to anybody at all. Um, so I'm not recommending it to anybody who's listening. Um, I People who know that it's right for them feel called to it and they seek it out. And that is the way it needs to be. Um, would never, ever recommend it to anybody. Um, so um, do research. There's so much information. There are so many scientific studies um, that you can find online. Um, you can just read um, a lot of different websites that are really good at providing precise information about the medicines and about um, the usefulness. Do your own research. I had one client that I work with who researched for at least a year before ever taking anything but he felt called to it but he also just wasn't sure whether it was going to be right for him so he did research for a long time and then he started with microdosing and then eventually he worked up into um uh, full sessions so uh, that is what i recommend to everybody don't let anybody tell you it's right for you period you got to find out for yourself if you're curious just start digging in um there's so much information out there now um, and that is the really the right way to approach it i always tell people because i've been you know obviously walking a psychedelic path for a long time but i also don't ever recommend psychedelics to anyone and when people mention to me that they're curious about psychedelics i'm like great set the intention and wait for them to find you um, that's always been, I mean, and I'm, I, it's not my business. I'm not a psychedelic facilitator, but I've just had enough people ask me that I, I don't, I don't see there to be value in chasing after these experiences because they can be colored in so many other things like social currency or like cool points or even a degree of spiritual bypassing because it's, you know, way cooler to drink ayahuasca than like be with our dissociated parts. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think that's true. I think they do find you if you set the intention. I have seen that happen for basically everybody who's come to me. Um, and the way it happened for me too, like I had, I was curious about LSD for years and years and it just never lined up. There were a few times where, oh, I was going to maybe do it with this friend or with that friend and whatever reason it didn't line up. And then when it was time, it worked out, you know, I was clear that I was a yes. And then uh, immediately I had a friend who had just worked with a guide who was wonderful. Um, and, um, and that person's actually now my mentor. So it, it, it did, it just completely unfolded easily. Um, and I think that is a really good way to go. Yeah, it's always worked for me. Any any big journey that I've done, it's because I've been invited. The message, the medicine has made it super clear. There are so many synchronicities, 
you know, so I always say I, I never make the decision from my own ego or intellect. I'm only responding to invitations and calls that come to me from the medicine. And that that's worked well for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to go. And, and I think people know when they're called. Yeah. Do you see a through line? Like, cause I hear people talk about journeys and fear and anxiety, and I really don't even know what that's like, but I respect that other people have those experiences. And I just, you know, from my vantage point, it seems like there are some people who are kind of wired or part of the fractal family. That's part of the psychedelic path. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it comes easier for us or we're more comfortable in those realms. But I'm wondering if you notice any through lines between people who seem to be more aligned with psychedelics and people for whom they're not going to be part of their earth walk. Mm. Well, a number of things come up for me uh, with that common question. I They were very easy for me initially. Um, meditation also for many years, 15 years, at least before even going into this kind of work, I would have these almost psychedelic experiences in meditation. Um, and so going into the LSD was like just that whole same thing, but on steroids or whatever so um and more like somatic like sensations um rather than all kind of in the mind so i'm trying to i'm pausing for a moment to just kind of collect my thoughts about like how to go about explaining this because it's actually super interesting um so yeah the first handful of journeys i had easy peasy even uh i worked with mostly lsd initially uh, just because i enjoyed the experience so much it was i'm also a painter and so it's a great boon to creativity um, and i think it's because it just opens up the brain so much so um so and then i worked with mushrooms first journey easy really easy um and then what i noticed was something started to shift um i i really dove into the mushrooms because that was my focus um for my practice Uh, because most people come a wanting to work with mushrooms and b being ready to do that kind of work i didn't realize it's sort of like you don't know what you don't know I didn't realize until I really got into it that even though I had been doing all this personal work for decades and a lot of meditation um, and other kinds of spiritual practices, I actually wasn't getting anywhere with any of those. And I think it's pretty common. Um, So I didn't know that I wasn't getting anywhere until I started working with mushrooms. And then what I would say is like over time, and I've seen this with other people and not with everybody, is that you peel away layer after layer after layer. And these can be like the 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 finest, thinnest layer of psychological material. Um, 
we do it with meditation we do it um in our lives out in nature um just living life can do that to a certain degree but um what i notice for myself and for other people starting to work more deeply with mushrooms you peel away bigger layers um you start getting into a lot more shadow material and when i say shadow material it doesn't mean that it's bad or wrong it means it's stuff we can't see normally Uh, it's in there but we don't even realize it's in there sometimes we have an inkling that something's in there but honestly we have no idea the scope of it until we really start looking at it um I was also studying quite a lot of internal family systems for many years, um, for the better part of 10 years. And um, so that has come in handy for me in my own journeys for myself and also as I work with clients. So uh, without getting completely into like the... (laughs) the infrastructure of what internal family systems is some people who are listening are going to know what it is and let's just go with that but it, it's it, this the bottom line essentially is that we all have parts living inside of ourselves um we have our like self self which is the core of who we are and then we have a lot of different kind of protectors and then we also have really young parts um we could be infants um to you know, seven, eight years old that got really scared from something that happened in early in life. And they kind of tucked away Um, in internal family systems. They call that an exile. Uh, And um, and then all the protectors are different kind of protectors, but all the protectors are keeping that little one safe. So when you start peeling away layers and you get close to the little one, the protectors say, oh, fuck no. Uh, my job is to die protecting that one, right? Like they are that serious about their job. And so they will do a lot of things to keep you from finding that little one. Protectors in a psychedelic journey can look like scary monsters and they can look like angelic light beings. So one way or another, they're going to try to convince you to not go here. Um, And that shows up a lot of really extraordinarily creative ways. So, um, I mean, it's, it's really amazing to see like the creative genius that the parts will, that they are, um, the things that they come up with to sideswipe you. Uh, in, Can you in give us an example of like some of the more creative methods you've seen them employ? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of these protectors. So I've been getting to know them really, really well over the years. And I can talk about my own stories really easily um, and with integrity. And so um I had um trying to pick the story which one <laughs> so um try to find one that's not too long I had a recent experience that 
what it ended up being an inf like a newborn part like a, something that happened to me when i was a newborn and then that newborn part of me exiled away and then all of these protectors have been keeping that little one safe for my whole life and um so it means that we still have these fears living inside of us and they get triggered when we get triggered in life um so if we have uh outbursts or rage or um even things like fawning and being and and turning inward um are all activities of this whole protector system um so they will influence our behavior in a way to keep us out of danger i mean it doesn't really work which is a sad thing so um it's usually running amok in our lives because it actually makes bigger problems because we're adults now we're not two um so if you have a two-year-old uh protector think creating two-year-old strategies to keep you safe it's going to be super fucked up so um okay so i had this infant part and um i knew there was something going on because uh like in my everyday life because i had had i had had a scary incident happen and it started to trigger some panic attacks because uh to my understanding it sort of uh frazzled the whole system and then the the young one wasn't being protected in the way that it normally would be and so i had a few panic attacks and i'm like okay this, this is the way that i roll and i do not recommend this to other people but i have enough experience that i can i can see when there's an exile that needs to be found so it's sort of like if you knew that a kid had fallen down a well would you just leave them there and wait for them to figure it out and get themselves out? Probably not. It's really the same thing with our parts. So for me, in my practices, um, when I get clues that there's an exile, I literally mount an expedition with mushrooms um, and a, say, a person I trust to sit for me so that I can get in there really deep. Um, and find the exile and bring it home. And so I did this pretty recently, actually. I've done it many times, but I'll talk about a recent experience. So um, so it, uh, it was really difficult to get to, and I don't, you know, when you're, before you get in there and find the part, you don't know what you're looking for. When, when protectors are really fierce, it's a good clue that there is a very, very young part or an infant because they get more and more creative and fierce about keeping you. Um, and how do you know, like, how does a fierce protector express or manifest so that we could recognize it? Yeah. So um, they could express, like I described before, scary monsters could show up in your inner vision. Um, just an ominous feeling, a scary ominous feeling, because not everybody has visuals. Mm -hmm. So I don't want it to be like, 
oh, it's always like this because everybody's different. So often people have visuals, but not always. So it could be a sensation like, oh, oh, it's like like a dark, a dark uh, stairway into a basement that I don't want to go down or, you know, it the the mind will create scenarios uh, that for you because they know how to scare you your parts know how to scare you my parts know how to scare me so it's going to be different for everybody so they will create a whole scenario to keep you from going down that stairway mm-hmm. um, and that yeah it could just be a sensation it could be um look like demons or snakes or any number of things like I there's no possible way to even like run the gamut of all the possibilities but um but I'm curious because you said they can also present as angelic so what I'm wondering is like how do you know that some angel telling you everything you want to hear is full of shit? And then how do you maneuver around said protector to get to what you really want to deal with, which is probably going to be less pleasant? Well, it's a tricky thing because <laughs> so this is going into legitimate spiritual bypassing. And when I use the term spiritual bypassing, I don't mean it as uh, like a shamey, blamey thing. Uh, it is something that happens to all of us, and it is um, our parts keeping us safe. Sometimes it's a really great choice. So if you feel like there's something, be like if you get suspicious of the angelic being or you get suspicious of the scary monster, there's probably something, there's probably a way for you to move beyond it. Now, if that's a full stop for you, then that's great. That's as far as you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And that's a good choice. Um, and for years, I had no idea that angelic light being uh, protectors were keeping me from seeing all the stuff that's inside of me. I had no idea. Um, but that was my experience in meditation for years and years and years, just like straight into the light. And I didn't even know that it was a, a bypass until I was ready to actually look at that stuff. Because I guarantee you that if I was having the experiences that I have today, back then, I wouldn't have been prepared to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so yeah, I was. I ended up finding this infant part, but it was like I had to go through a gauntlet of both monsters and light beings maybe like 15 times getting in there and I would have to remember my intention and I would have to sort of put my own therapist hat back on and go I came here to find the exile I came here to find the exile I came here to find that little one whoever it is and then I could keep going because they are very convincing these protectors (laughs) they're very convincing and there were um there i don't get scared off by the monsters but i can get swept into like delight with the the light being ones because it's nice (laughs) it's nice it's like oh they just want to tell you that everything is okay 
oh, this is why it's okay and everything is fine and this is the way it needs to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and they they nearly tricked me a couple of times, but I'm like, no, I know there's more. I came in here for a reason. So um, it's very tricky. It's very tricky inner train. And uh, most people do not do what I do. Most people do not mount an expedition to go look for an exile and then you know, navigate the gauntlet of protectors um, in one session, mm-hmm. right? Um, for most people, it's going to be many sessions because you do get stopped or you only get this far. And that's great. That's really great. But like, this is my work. This is my life's work. And so um, it is part of my life's work to be an expert at dealing with my own stuff. So, and it helps me to help other people. And I educate people to a certain degree before they go in. And if they get stuck, I help them through that protector. uh, If that's what needs to happen, you know, some people get so stuck in anxiety that it's they really that's as far as they're going to go today and that's where mdma comes in because if you can turn that off then you can then they're the protectors just aren't as um well they just don't show up in the same way they don't show up in the same way so it's a little easier and i have a little bit like i haven't really decided actually i would have to say i haven't decided what's better because protectors in the internal family systems model, the whole point is to get their permission to keep going. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I like just going straight in with mushrooms because it forces you to ask for for permission all along the way. Um, it forces you to gain a sense of understanding, deeper understanding about what's really living inside of you. Um, it doesn't put a soft blanket on it you know, which MDMA will do. Um, It's harder. And um, I do sometimes think that it's more useful in the bigger picture because it's just more honest. Um, And you do build that rapport with the protectors along the way, asking for their permission, acknowledging that they are there doing a job, um, that they've been doing a good job. Um, and that, you know, something else is calling you forward and can you get, can you please pass? Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you two and four, (laughs) clicking that subscribe button for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through 
a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me or by way of Venmo, where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.